What's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kikin with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. Basically, my friends, guests come on the show, and we basically kiki about whatever the topic of the day is. And, you know, like I said, we just talk about whatever. So today I have with me one of my homegirls. I met her through Latrice. Well, Lala, and I know y'all probably be like, girl, do everybody you know through her? And uh, I know a lot of people through Latrice, but, you know, her friends is my friends. And, you know, for the most part, we get along with the same people. So, Kim, you want to go ahead and say what's up and just introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Um, My name is Kim. I am um, friends with Lala. Uh, I met Coco way back one of my random trips to Hawaii. <laughs> so three day turn and burn. I don't remember much, but but she had um, a good time in them three days. I did have a blast that night. We had a good time that night. And so um military veteran, I turned entrepreneur, out here hustling. Um I'm excited to be here and Kiki with Coco. <laughs> yes, yeah, so thank you. I'm excited to be here. I know a lot of people that listen to my show probably are in the military. And so I think the information or just your experience can definitely give people um, some things to think about if they're thinking about getting out the military and you know how that's going to affect them if they want to become entrepreneurs. But before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Drink with Coco this week. And so, of course, the drink with cocoa is typically recommended by the person that's guest starring on the show. And so Kim recommended this little mixture. It is Ciroc Red Berry with, um, what's it called? Sweet and sour. With the sweet and sour. And it's actually really good. And I know y'all probably be like, you say that about every drink. (laughs) But um, for me, if a drink is sweet it don't taste too strong and I mean I know y'all hear me talk about Hennessy a lot and Hennessy is a strong drink but I can tolerate it everything else as long as I can't taste the alcohol it's good so this is good and it actually tastes like some strong strawberry lemonade and so I said we gonna call it the spiked strawberry lemonade so um so how did you even come across this little mixture well, red berry is my favorite drink, and I think I was at the club, and I had asked for Sprite, like the red berry and Sprite. For whatever reason, they had no Sprite. So I said, "You like, better than that." <laughs> so I said, "You got sweet. Uh, what else you got?" And she was like, "Sweet sour." So she mixed it, and boom, that's it was that was it. So now when I go out, that's what I ask for. If they don't have sweet, the sweet and sour, they usually have sour, which makes it just a little more tart. But it's it's a good go to. Um, cause I get tired of the regular things like a screwball or a screwdriver, ain't that what it's called? Like yeah, screwdriver. Vodka, and, and I don't like all Orange vodka. Juice. All vodka is not created equal. It shows like <laughs> So That's why Ciroc I'm cool with it too one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, so Ciroc is one of my favorites, and that red berry, it just, mm, it just do it with that lemonade. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with that so sweet I sour. I will say, my last time drinking red berry Ciroc was so long ago it was probably probably like 2009 or something like that and I had it with Hawaiian punch and when I tell you I was sick child and I ain't drank it since so this is my first time drinking it 
since then. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> Bring it on back. Bring it on back. <laughs> but it's yeah. real good, and I like it. So y'all go ahead, try this out. Um, so it's a new thing that I'm starting. If I, you know, when I have the drinks on the show and I'm recommending it to you guys, if y'all try it out, you know, go ahead and tag Kiki and with Coco and then also use hashtag drink with Coco. Just so, you know, we can see people actually drinking the drinks that I'm recommending and let me know what y'all think. And so now that we got our drink going, we gonna get into the word on the street. And so word on the street, we all know Cardi B and Offset married. They pretty much had like an on and off relationship the past three years just because he is a serial cheater. And I guess Cardi B finally said she done with him. So she filed for divorce. And with her filing for divorce, you know, Offset is kind of out here like, you know, at first it kind of seemed like he was like, it is what it is, gone about your day. But mm -hmm. now it seemed like he in his fields and he like posting poster boards on the street for it and stuff like that. And so it sounds like he want it back. He probably want it back, but that's that's the problem with these guys. They quick to take for granted what they got and then turn around and beg for it back, but don't change. Nothing changes. So I don't see it getting no better. And I feel like she'll look real stupid if she take him back. So hopefully, um, maybe they can go to council get work out some real issues that they're really trying to make it work. But he gonna he gonna continue to do very outlandish stuff like oh yeah, like that car, which he may have already ordered that. Um prior <laughs> to last night for her birthday. Uh <laughs> he may have already ordered that, but it looked like she had a, some 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 uh ziplock bags full of money too which mm. was in the vehicle. So I feel like he's going to keep doing what he can, but like money ain't everything, you know, happiness. And I get what she's saying about try to argue because you know, I've been there. <laughs> we all have. Tired <laughs> of arguing about the same stuff. Tired of arguing Look, about you being with these hoes. <laughs> Look, and then this is like, it gets to a point where sometimes you just can't stand them up. Like, and you, you just want to, uh, you know, everything they do, the way they breathe, the way they chew, <laughs> everything get on <laughs> your nerves. to irritate you. And, then, and I think that's the point at which she was at. Because she said they was arguing about everything. So I think that's the point at which they was at. He just gets on her nerve. And they may just need a break, regroup, and realize ain't nothing out here. Um, in these streets, yeah. <laughs> and what you got ain't that. Well, bad. I mean, for both of well, for Cardi B, the sky's the limit. You know what I'm saying? Like you amongst the wealthy now, so your mm -hmm. pickings, you got good pickings. I mean, for him, he he get his pick of the litter. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like I don't know. I really like them together, but I also understand being sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And so if that's what she needs to, to get her peace of mind back to just being her, then so be it. Because I feel like she, I mean, I don't, did you watch her when she was on Love and Hip Hop? Yeah. So when she was on Love and Hip Hop, she had her little boyfriend, but he was in prison. But yeah. she was so-called. doing her thing. We, I'm going to say so-called faithful because we don't know. She she didn't post her being with no other dude. And she claimed she was being single. So I'm going to say so-called being faithful during that time. And then I don't know how long it was from the time she broke up with him to the time that she got with Offset. But to me, it don't seem like it was that long of a break. So 
So for me, I'm like, girl, be single. Enjoy your wealth. Enjoy your singleness. You know what I'm saying? And have right. fun. Because I'll sit that up. Like, soon as she started getting popping good. Right. And she had, she had broke up with that dude for a minute because she was, I think, messing with the DJ guy that was on there. Um, mm. I don't know how deep into the seasons you got, but he was a oh, I watch all of them. He was supposedly her homeboy or something, but his girlfriend flew in from like that one. I don't remember his name. But I, I think they might have been talking or something, but it wasn't as deep as his girlfriend was making it to be because Cardi was like, you know, I ain't got nothing, you know, that ain't got nothing to do with me. But I don't know. It seemed like it was deeper than trap. So maybe it all wasn't seen on camera, but I think yeah. it was a little more there in that situation. But I think she was over the um the locked up life. Yeah. I don't even know how she got involved with that. Cause as soon as they said you are sentenced, I'd have been like, bye-bye. <laughs> Good day, Be sir. <laughs> Hit me up when you on the street again. Maybe I'll be around. Maybe I won't. <laughs> right. It's going to be more than six months. Mm. Mm. I don't know about that. <laughs> Good day, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but hopefully Cardi B sticks to her guns and she don't allow all the outlandish and lavish gifts to taint her her thought process and mm-hmm. you know she just let that go and they co-parents you know have a co-parenting relationship and it is what it is whatever makes Man. them happy yeah now we're gonna talk about show peoples these, these people up in florida with the governor allowing the miami dolphins to play with fans in the stadium during covid Listen, man, look, y'all got to understand, <laughs> Mr. DeSantis is a special kind of character. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was dropped on the head. He just doing what he got to do to get ahead. I don't know what he got going on. But that man is, he started out good. Don't get me wrong. We was all scared, but he came in, he did some things. And we're like, all right, he might not be that bad. But with this whole COVID situation, it's been absolutely bananas. Like, everything that makes good sense, he ain't fucked. So it's like, even with the schools opening up, and now he come with this, it was like, when? Well, first of all, I don't think 13,000 people going to see the Dolphins, but. Girl, y'all in Florida. Feel how you want to feel. Feel how you want to feel. But unless they play somebody good, I don't see that stadium getting that many people. And and and, and it's a, it's bad because the numbers were really bad down there in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Like that's where it was worst hit and everything. It was down there. So to turn around and open that up, I was like, what is you thinking? Like I can understand maybe like up at you know the colleges where there's it's not as populated as more of a rural area like Gainesville or even Tallahassee, but Miami, Dade area, like, bro, we just, we they just survived. That was, like, basically, like, New York, like, how New York was yeah. down there. They just got off lockdown. We got off lockdown in, like, May. They got off in, like, June, July, because yeah. it was, it's still so bad down there. So, it just don't, it don't make, I, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish. It's not going to get him reelected. I just feel like, to me, like, COVID as much as we would like to think like COVID is not a thing and we tired of being in the house and we want to get back to, you know, the stuff that we normally do, like I get it. But in the same token, I'm just like, I can't catch no COVID. I do not want to (laughs) die. 
I ain't trying to find out if I'm gonna be one of the ones who live, who die. I don't exactly. want to be in that predicament. And so, then like, right here, I'm just gonna think the worst. Like myself. I'm not trying to die. <laughs> right. I'm not going to that. Is that if I could go? I'm not going to that game. But it's it's, it's people that it's it's so crazy because there's so many people who believe exactly what the president believes. They believe exactly what the governor believes. And then you have the people who like, hell no, I ain't going out there. So mm-hmm. it's just like, <laughs> and it sucks because people are affected. You can't go see your grandparents. They just, they actually just open up the nursing homes too. So it's like, come on, bro. We done killed so many old people. Like this don't make no damn sense. And now you can go visit your family in the nursing home again. And mm-hmm. so, and like, it's good, but it's bad at the same time. Yeah, and we were just not prepared for the stuff that happened. And I'm supposed to go to the Saints and Bucks game, but they're not. Oh, it's not full capacity. I believe mm-hmm. down in for the Dolphins is going to be full capacity, but it's, that's not going to be the case up here. And I know the um, was the Florida Gators, the coach was asked talking about they want to to have the whole stadium back, eighty thousand fans. This is yesterday. Eighty thousand fans. Ooh, no, eighty thousand fans. The athletic director was like, "No, nah, bro, chill out." <laughs> Somebody, it is the people with some sense in Florida. Mm. They're like, no, we're not doing that. Nobody wants to be liable for people getting sick at an event that they put on. Like, exactly. As a business owner, I feel the same way. Like, I don't go, I haven't been going out doing anything crazy. Like, the club is open. I was like, I'm not going out to no party. And then I'm the one who gave it to one of my customers, my clients, and then they die or something. And I, yeah. I live with that. That's, yeah, and that's not something I'm trying to deal with. As a I'm not trying to be sued, even though it's hard because you can't quite pinpoint where you got where you something. got it from. Yeah, so that's what these businesses is kind of hoping for. But if 30 people got sick at your one place, like, what do you think? <laughs> right, it's you, you the common denominator, the common denominator. So I'm like, yeah, I ain't contributing to this foolishness. I stay by ass at the house. But people go out, they show out. And it's, it's, I see him in, in person, somebody not wanting to wear a mask at the gas station. And he had the nerve to be calling the little, the little uh, guy work at the store, all kind of faggots and threatening to whoop his ass. And when he, when he walked out, he got an Air Force PT shirt. Oh, no. And it was some like little airmen in front of me. They probably was like A1Cs. Um, it was like, look at his shirt, look at his shirt. And they um, walked down PT. I said, he probably somebody math started, he'll first start up here acting damn fool. I, it was right outside the gate too. Um, yeah, in the base down here. So I was just like, people, is, they don't. COVID got to make it real crazy. I tell you, the yeah. governor one of them. All I know is you will not catch me now. I do find myself forgetting the mask, but as soon as I realize I don't got it, I be like, ooh, let me go. You know what I'm saying? But then I also wear the one you can kind of like just pull up on your face that mm-hmm. sit around your neck. So it'd be like, ooh, like I walk in the store, be walking around, and then realize everybody got a mask on. I'd be like, ooh, I ain't got my mask on. <laughs> like, they'll be looking, they'll be looking at you like this, like, right? Like, like you that look like, oh, oh, so you just gonna walk around with no mask on? <laughs> <laughs> they start going around you, <laughs> right? Disperse, disperse. Listen, I got like, I got disposable masks in the glove compartment. I got at least three in my purse at any given time. I don't be without a mask because yeah. it's like you can't go in nowhere here. You you gotta have a mask on, so you can't even go in most stores without a mask. And I ain't fighting with nobody today. I had right. one of our uh, employees at my job job that got in a fight with somebody because they approached him because he forgot his mask. He ran in to pay for some gas at the gas station, but I guess they came at him wrong, so they wound up getting the conversation. His ass went to jail. But <laughs> <laughs> people are serious about some people are serious about him, and there's a lot that aren't. So it's just like. 
And I see people all the time too. They'll get up to the door, like, oh damn, I forgot my mask. They get out the car, they be walking in, they turn around, like, damn, forgot my. It be just like that Obama meme where they don't yeah. see he come with the helicopter, he turn around. It be just like that. They mm-hmm. check their pocket and realize they ain't got it. It be so funny. I just but, yeah, don't I understand like why people have such a hard time with putting on a mask, like politics. It's they simple. made it a political issue, and that's exactly why. It's straight politics. Because if it wasn't any politics involved with it, they'd have been listening to the damn scientists. They'd have been, we'd have been outside already. Mm-hmm. But they made it such an issue and they made it so hard for people to want to. And it's, it's not until it's affecting their household that they realize, oh, this shit real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, your, so your wife died or your child or you, you know, nobody wants to sit around and realize that it's real. Yep. When you sit in the house. to them. Cause somebody in your house then got infected, then you gonna be infected. looking crazy, you know. So, because um, when them people get sick, everybody in the house got to stay home. It ain't just the person that's sick that got to stay home. Everybody got to stay home. And look, depending on your employer, you ain't getting paid for staying home. Exactly. So that's one of the biggest things we dealt with. Because I work in human resources for this furniture company, we had like we had like eight hundred employees. COVID, we down about six. So COVID is 600 employees yeah. or yeah, 600. <laughs> we, we lost about 200. We laid off a lot and then we didn't bring a lot back. So it was mm-hmm. just like, it sucks. We laid off a lot of people, but then people started getting sick. Um, but yeah, so if one person in the house gets sick, everybody got a quarantine that's been in contact with that person. Yeah. And then with the laws that they put out with this CARES Act, it wasn't specific. It, it didn't have enough detail. So as an employer, we're trying to figure out, because if you have less than 500 employees, you got to pay your employees a third of their pay Yeah. while they're out of work. So that's if they get COVID, if they came in contact with somebody and they're forced to quarantine, if their kids can't go to school because school was out, you got to pay them. They don't have childcare. Right. You still got to pay them. But mm-hmm. that's if you got less than 500. So when we was going through COVID, we was at like 515. Yeah. They was trying to figure out like how what's the what's the measure point? How long we got to be under five hundred before? Because we laid off a bunch of people, they didn't anticipate a bunch of people quitting too. Yeah, they didn't want to work. They were scared, right. or they thought they could not work and get that unemployment. So we lost a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> and so we did drop down to I think four ninety six is the lowest we got, but it only stayed like two days. They was able to bring call some people in that we had laid off. Yeah. and bring back to work to get us over. So they didn't have to worry about it. But for those smaller imp- businesses, they had to do it. And then like the money, you got to pay that money out of pocket and then you're supposed to get it back when you file your taxes. Right. But what company actually, I feel like you got big corporations out here going under. So how they think the small business exactly. owner small business is gone. You know what I'm saying? And let me tell you, I couldn't get none of that free money they had out here. <laughs> they would give it out. The D people getting arrested for getting all this fake money. Kim couldn't get one red cent for that <laughs> money. And that's why I laugh at them. When I see people, that's what y'all get. That's what y'all get, and that's what the government get, because y'all look stupid out here just cashing out these funds and not doing the research. Right. You got mm-hmm. people out here that got a real need and have the right documentation, and you still won't give it to them. But yeah. anyway, that's another subject. <laughs> well, what's y'all governor name? De- Ron DeSantis. Well, Governor De- DeSantis. Ain't, is what we call him. De- ain't. <laughs> he ain't it. 
I'ma say shame on you for not taking COVID seriously. Seriously. And seriously. hopefully whoever is crazy enough to go to this game, hopefully y'all do not have COVID. Y'all don't get up in there, spread it around, and y'all be safe. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, that's going in the word on the street. And we're going to move over into the hot cup of cocoa. So this week's hot cup of cocoa is about basically being an entrepreneur. The ins and outs of owning your own business and possibly some tips that um, can help you guys who are starting a business as well. So as Kim mentioned, she is a veteran. So um, you want to talk about like what led you to get out of the military? Yeah, I was really ambitious, you know. <laughs> I was in eight years. I joined in 2005 and I got out in 2013. Um, I went in straight out of high school. Air Force was all I ever wanted to do. Um, while I was in, you know, live my best life. I tried PPS a lot, like five times in eight years, in the eight years I was in. So I never got to deploy. Um, when it was my time to deploy, I wound up having some medical issues, had to have surgery on my hip. So that added to, um, you know, downtime and things like that, not being able to deploy. So when I got orders to go overseas again, um, they were like, nah, you got you to go get this evaluation because you've been on profile too long. And so yeah. they wind up mid-boarding me out because the, the odds just wasn't in my favor to try to stay in. Mm-hmm. And what may have happened is what compensation I would have got could have possibly been reduced. Yeah. So I was like, we can't get out and be broke too, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> um, I had to fight for it because they didn't give it to me initially, but I, got, I was able to get medically retired. So basically I have all the perks of doing 20 years minus the chicks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I go to commissary, I go to the gym, I pull out my handy dandy little blue ID card. Okay. Um life's great now. Um <laughs> but you know, it was a, it was a, the transition was a struggle. And so um you know, like I said that was the only thing I looked forward to doing since I was in the 6th grade. So it was really a shocking moment to find out, you know, we got to figure out a new game plan and, and, and what we want to do with our life because this is all we've seen. We was going to make tech and, you know, we're going to be living our best life out yeah. here in these Air Force Street. You know, we're going to be chief black men on that thing one of these days, but <laughs> God had other plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes, girl. <laughs> so with getting out of the military, what did you do when you first got out? And then did you, like, when you first got out, did you know that you wanted to be a business owner? Not really. I didn't think, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do, to be honest. Like, when I got the word that I I was for sure getting out, I stayed home the whole weekend. I cried on my couch. Like, it was terrible. Like, it was like something you see in a movie. It was just like, the end is near. I had, like, no idea what I wanted to do. And then finally, I had to suck it up and figure it out. Yeah. It's happening whether we want it to or not. And so, uh, um, decided to go to school. I was like, okay. We use this GI bill we paid, you know, the little money for right. and go to school. And then hopefully we figure it out from, from there. Yeah. I always had an interest in like human resources. And when I was in our services was my career field. 
and I was a UDM for like the last three years. So I was great at the admin work and whatnot. And it's kind of like HR, basically babysitting 186 people, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was like, I'm used to dealing with, you know, like a commander. Okay, that's like CEO, you know, and, and or working with the wing, you know, like all yeah. the leadership and sitting in rooms and having to be able to answer questions and things like that. So I had all these marketable skills, right? Mm-hmm. So I got out and I went to school. I got out at the end of August. And so I started school the same week I got out, which was interesting. So I literally didn't really have a, a break. Um, I had about a month to chill with family and went to school. And I started off with a management, a business management degree. And then about my, started out of school. Cause I did, I did take some classes while I was in. So I started off as a, a sophomore. And so, um, I was able to switch right before my senior year to the entrepreneurship program that they had at University of Tampa, which they had just launched. They opened a new entrepreneurship center. So that I had all my eyes. And, oh, they got new stuff. They got all these cool spaces. Yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. You know? And I sold stuff. So that's what, like, I've always been a hustler. When I was in Hawaii, I sold body magic. I was skinny as hell. I weighed like 115. I walk around trying to sell somebody a body, a, a body garment to suck them <laughs> in three sizes. I can only imagine how crazy I look talking to these women <laughs> that got real issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I sold body magics. And then when I got to Florida, I started selling um, makeup with Unique. And then I opened, I called myself going to open an online boutique because online boutiques were kind of the thing at the time in yeah. 2014. Mm-hmm. So I opened, I opened those at the same time. Online boutique did terrible. I only sold stuff to my friends. Nobody bought anything. I still got that stuff with my brother's garage. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's like sunk like a thousand dollars into inventory and sold mm-hmm. like maybe eighty five dollars worth of stuff. That's what's like crazy. But it's entrepreneurship. You, you yeah. it's the risk you take. And so I was like, I got this new credit card. I put all the business expenses on that. So boom, blew that up. <laughs> <laughs> you live and you learn. You live and you learn. So I transferred. Perfect. I did um, makeup. bedroom candy and yeah. I was thinking like oh everybody you always hear people talk about these type of things I'm like oh people really gonna be liking this you know but then it's the concept of hustling to get people want to do parties and then I would it, it always came down to, hey, if you host this party, like me always having to get the people come to the party. And I just be like, this is too much work. Like, I thought this was supposed to sell his damn self. Like, oh, no. That's the end do when you get them there, but it's getting them there. That, right. That's it's problem. getting them there that be the problem. And that was my problem with, with hustling, you know, doing like the direct sales businesses. It's like you have to have a certain type of personality. And I learned early on, I ain't a saleswoman. I'd be like, I can care less if you buy this shit or not. It's right here. It works. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, look, now, I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna say no BS. Trust me. But I ain't gonna push you. I'm not gonna call you 10 times a night. That's not how we are. So I learned direct sales wasn't really my thing. Because that mascara you bought that you were selling, it it did work. It did make my eyelashes look long. And somebody stole my shit. Yo, I can't lie, I've had some so before. Like, bro, it's only $24. I can get you. I got some more. Thankfully, I got some more. Right. I was you like, you could have just asked. Yeah, like, you could have just asked. Like, I could have told you where I got it from. 
yeah so the, the parties for me like that was cool because it's like everybody wanted to try it or they wanted we always had good incentives so that was something they always want to try so it's like you don't have something to incentivize and nobody want to do it you, yeah. you know with certain things they don't have good incentives so it's like people like nah or they done done it at the, the death and i got into unique when it was blowing up yeah. so it was new so people were at, you know into that but if it's been around a while like when i see people sign up now to sell mirror care like why would you do that <laughs> right. There's so many other things out here. People that I still be wondering, like, who be buying Mary Kay? Like, I bought some Mary name? Kay a few years ago just because somebody I knew. Somebody was- you know what I'm saying? It was just like, I want to support you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to buy some. And I used it for a bit. And then, like, once it was all gone, I just never reordered it. <laughs> And that's what a lot of it come down to is like support. And then I, when I started hanging out with some of the bigger wigs in, in Unique and seeing like the money that they was putting into that, Kim didn't have it. I was broke right. at the time. I feel like so you it take a lot, lot of money. You got to have inventory. You got to have incentives. Like even if the company ain't offering no incentives, you then you got to provide incentives you, to yeah. people to book and buy. And so and if, if you, you can front the money, or if, but if you ain't got it to front, you ain't gonna have no sales and that's what they would do or they would buy their own stuff to meet the 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 levels they needed to get the next ranks and all that stuff i did that shit one time and i was done with their ass i was like yeah this played me i thought i was i ain't know the man i ain't know the, the uh what is it, the compensation table the, the, the that plane i ain't know it well enough yeah so i can't i'm girl, too upset with myself mm-hmm. um, i know like the bedroom candy i just bought the like the initial packet so basically, mm-hmm. like you can, uh, what's the word? Like you can show people like mm-hmm. the, the product, you know that type of thing. But if you was gonna order, you got to order from them because I'm not keeping this shit on hand. Because if y'all asses don't buy, it, then I'm gonna be stuck with it. You're so, stuck with it. Yep. No. And then you got to try to sell it and, and get your money back. Exactly. And it's like ain't nobody got time for that. But see, what I did with um unique, I did the vendor events. I did a lot of vendor events, so I kept some stock on certain things. But mm. other things you would have to order. So um it would sell if we if I'm in front of you demoing it and right. it would sell like hotcakes. Mm. But uh, other than that, I didn't keep inventory on hand because for for that very reason. Yeah. I'm not gonna be stuck with this shit. And so but, like uh, with bedroom candy, like if you wanted to do like some type of vendor event, like it had to be a pre-approved event, like you had to get the mm-hmm. event approved or whatever. But then also being in Hawaii, like they don't got that many events coming out there like that. Right. So it was hard to even be like, oh, let me try and get an event out here. So it was literally like just trying to get people to host parties. And I was like, yeah, I ain't cut out for this life. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and I, I appreciate, you know, that direct sales experience because it taught me like what I did and didn't like about entrepreneurship. Yeah, I like making money. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. I like seeing women's face light up, you know or you know getting the reviews and feedback on the product but the hustling part of it um that chasing people down and getting them and capturing payments stuff like that like yeah that wasn't and then trying to recruit a team and all that shit that i really i got leadership skills but not in that sense like some people just got it and they ain't got it in that sense like look we're gonna plan some shit out we're gonna we're gonna do it but i got to recruit Mm -hmm. you and and teach you too and and i don't know the way my patient set up I'm gonna tell you twice, and after that, I'm gonna have a problem. You only two first and that's the military. I was like, hey. mm-hmm. that's what happened. They made me a supervisor. I was like, look, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna keep free myself now. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so I appreciate the, the growth I got from that. And I, I had some great opportunities. I got to go to Texas. I got to go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, different stuff like that. You know, going to the events and hanging out with the top tier people because I was that close to the top when I started yeah. out. So um, it was it was a dope experience. I, I learned a lot from it. And that helped segue me to my next phase of life, not even knowing that's what was going to happen. Yeah. Because um, so that trip when I came to Hawaii that weekend, on my way back, I had an allergic reaction to something. I think I had used some products on my hair, so I broke out like my hairline real bad. Mm-hmm. Either way, I get back, whole face started breaking out. From that point forward, for like a whole year, I had like adult acne. Oh, no. So whole face just scarred up. I ain't never really wear makeup, not foundation at least. I would do like maybe my eyebrows and put on some eyeshadow, which I ain't really had no eyebrows back then because seeing brows is in. But, um, I put on some eyeshadow and that was and some blush. That probably was it. Some lip gloss, like not even no lips, lip gloss. And mm-hmm. um, when I started having problems with my skin, I was already selling makeup, so it made it easy. I start. I took a class with this girl and started doing my own makeup, and I just kept practicing, practicing, practicing. And I was like, well, I'm selling this shit, so I should know how to apply it. Yeah. If I can apply it properly, then people are gonna want it. And then it went from I look good. Can you do mine? So I would start, I started doing makeup as a mobile makeup business while I was in school. So I worked at, I did customer service part-time and then I did makeup on the weekends, yeah. um, booked a couple weddings, you know, and then I had, that's what started Privilege Face. And so um, with me doing the vendor events, I had like all the makeup colors. And so I had everything I really needed to kind of launch that skincare, uh, I'm not skincare, that makeup business. Yeah. Um, and that was cool for like two years. Yeah, because I started doing skin in 2016. And so tying that back to, so I'm in school for the entrepreneurship program, sitting yeah. in class, and they took us to this place and they were like, oh, um, some of the greatest ideas or the greatest products come from, you know, being able to fill a void or fill a need. What's something that, that, that affects your life that can make your life simpler? So I'm sitting there and they was giving out like $5 McDonald's gift cards. So, a bit broke, so I'm like, damn, I want a gift card. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm sitting up thinking, trying to think of something, trying to think of something. And I couldn't come up with nothing fast enough. So somebody else in my class wound up getting a gift card. But when we went back, we the, our project was to come up with something. Um, and that's what we worked on because it was a summer class. That's what we were going to work on. We would get divided into teams and work on. So what I came up with, I had just done a, a hair expo in Orlando. And we did makeup for the people who bought lashes and so i had all my makeup brushes to clean and i was like dang if i had somebody clean these makeup brushes that'll save me and so i came up with the idea of a machine that washes and dries makeup brushes mm-hmm. so it's called brush easy we played with it and that's what it got picked to be a class project so we developed that that whole summer and then at the end of the summer they were like you should you should join this program this entrepreneurship is an accelerator program and so i did that and so i had my own office at the school and got to do the program. I didn't win, but I did wind up getting some grant money from the school to help work on like the patent and the development of a working prototype. And so um, still underprivileged faces and then the brush easy. And then after I finished school in 2016, I didn't get a job. I was overqualified for most. And then I was underqualified for like human resources. So I couldn't get a job. I was unemployed for like eight months, Mm -hmm. living off a thousand dollars a month, which was just my disability. Mm-hmm. Um, that GI Bill, when that shit stopped, 
Yeah. It's cold turkey. Ain't no transition period. Yeah. You gotta be saved. And my bills exceeded that thousand dollars. So it was it was a tough time at the yeah. And so it was just like, okay. Um, so I was like, I'll go to school and learn skin because in Florida you're supposed to be a licensed esthetician in order to charge for makeup. So I was like, I'll yeah. go to school, learn about skin. That also give me a background on what products we can use in the cleaning solution for the makeup brushes. Yeah. While I'm in school for skin, I fell in love with skincare. Yeah. Didn't even take the makeup course they had. Didn't care nothing else about Brush Easy because it was going to cost like 100 k to get a prototype done. And I was like, I was a thousand dollars. So put that on the shelf. <laughs> All right. I did that so, though. I started it. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I talk about it still. I got a little uh, 3D replica of what it would have looked like and all that stuff. So it's like, you know, it was a great thing. And I met some great people and I presented in front of some big wigs and, you know, made some great connections, which have helped me in my skincare business. And yeah. so um, the school that like, they loved me because I was like the only woman, I was the only black woman that was, you know, doing the program at the same time. So I was like, they were a trophy child, you know, so they would yeah. invite me to all kind of stuff. But then I got a job in January of the following year. So then I wasn't as available, you know, to go speak at a, events or just to be there to show, you know, what, what I went through. Cause like I said, it was the first year of that entrepreneurship program that they had. And so once I started working, I started doing skincare part-time. And so yeah. from 2017 to now, I've been hustling my skincare business on the side. Mm -hmm. And I'm about to make my transition out of the corporate world into um, full-time entrepreneurship. And so I'm very grateful. It's still scary. You yeah. know, my business makes its own money. I don't have to come out of pocket to pay for anything, but it's still scary. Yeah. Um, if COVID hit again, I might be screwed. <laughs> Well, we fingers crossed, pray, prayers up, Lord. No more right, COVID. I was able to pivot the first time. So I was like, hopefully we'll be able to pivot again and make it to where we continue to make money, even though the doors are closed. I'm not actually servicing faces. But I currently I have two employees and I'm looking to add two more. And then I'll be working full time. I have three rooms at my skin spa. When I started it at the beginning of this year, I had one room. Mm -hmm. a little 110 square foot room and I have three rooms we do massage waxing skincare um I'm on track to make the most money I ever made with my business um and that's working four days a week and so and being closed six days six weeks this year so yeah. it's like I was looking at some of these you know these these loans I tell you I couldn't get no money during the COVID stuff and I was looking at my numbers. I made more money on online sales during the month of April when I was closed than I would have if I had been open. So yeah. I was like, it's, it was really a blessing. Um, but I also have a really strong support system. I feel like I have a lot of, you know, veteran brothers and sisters and, you know, just people that needed what I was offering. And I, I took it as an opportunity, like what people going to need while they're at home? Yeah. Oh, they can't go get their feet done. Let me, let me order these foot pills. Yeah. So they can't do their own facials. The people that's been coming regularly, let me put together these home facial kits. So I did the same thing. I followed the same processes. Like I feel, I looked to see where people would have a void. Yeah. You know, it would have made a lot of money. We could have put together some real quick home color kits. Because <laughs> 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 you go to the store, everything was sold out. Like it wasn't no, like hair products were scarce, toilet paper, paper towels. Like you could get nothing you really needed. Like you couldn't find um, nail polish, nail uh, acetone. Like everything mm -hmm. was in short supply. Yeah, girl. I know I was ordering 
Girl, well, I, I ordered a whole nail set. Like, I was going to learn how to do my own acrylics. I got the drill. I, I got acetone. I got all that, girl. Am I using this since everything opened up? No, child. I'm paying for these services because that is hard work. <laughs> take these coins. Look, take these coins. Take my coins. Get me in. Make my I have no problem making no appointment for nothing no more. Um, Appointment only perfect. I come in. It's me and my nail girl. When I went back, I got there. It was just her. And she was like, everybody else scared to come back to work. I was like, word? They have put up plexiglass everywhere. Yeah. Um, And so it was just like, and now I, I was like, this, like, you sit back like, this is the new normal. I see chicks doing facials in front of plexiglass. I was like, Madison, this is some shit I'm not going to do. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have, I got to reach around you to do your face. We just need to stay your ass at home. Because I'm just not going to do it. Some, yeah. It's not that big of a deal, but um, it's it's been an interesting journey. And I'm um I'm I bought a house this year. I got a car, but I mean it was still a struggle. That like I said, the transition was rough. The eight months of unemployment was not helpful. Yeah. I had a lot of bills. I made a lot of money when I lived in Hawaii, but coming to Florida, I had to look at the cost of living difference. And so yeah. I was basically able to take a fifty percent pay cut from Hawaii and still be able to live the same type of lifestyle. Yeah. As long as I had money coming in, so that worked. But <laughs> the one thing I wound up doing, which I should have did sooner, was file bankruptcy. Mm. And so um, then I didn't have to worry about it. And then they have a special, like a clause for service members, you know, that if uh, it's a certain percentage, the debt has to be accrued while you were on um, active duty. On uh, active duty, yeah. So yeah. thankfully, most of my debt was secure <laughs> while I was on active duty. Yeah. So we were able to get like all my credit cards discharged. I had a card I was upside down on. He gave that motherfucker back. Y'all can have that. Mm. Um, I had all kind of problems with the car. It was a new car, but I still had all kind of problems with it. Don't buy me some. Um, but I was able to give the car back and get like all that stuff wiped out. Now it took me less time to rebound with that than I would have having to wait seven years for my credit to get better because I was behind on all my credit cards. I was behind on, um, the only thing I was paying was car note and yeah. car insurance and my phone bill. And I was getting my nails done cause that's the requirement. Yeah. Um, but everything else that, that shit fell by the wayside. Cause I was like, if anything, I can live in my car. <laughs> I was like. I live with my brother and I live with my, um, my other brother's ex-wife and so helping take care of my nephews. And so it was just like, if I ever, cause I was literally like one family argument from being homeless. So it was like, yeah. if anything, I can live in my car. I have good relationships with them, but just saying, if something had happened and they was just they like, could be like, get go. your ass out. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, if anything, I can live in my car. So that was the one bill that was always current was the um, phone bill and the car note. Yeah. And the insurance. You can't have you can't not have insurance in Florida. They'll suspend your license. Girl, that's um, anywhere, child. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was it was a rough period. And so when I started the bankruptcy process, they, they was kind of like, you almost make too much money. Like, what? I'm, I'm I'm not broke, but you know, I'm making money now. But I haven't been for the past. So they go back six months, and I wish somebody had informed me of this earlier because I could have did this when I was in school. Yeah. And then been straight by the time I finished school. So mm -hmm. I would say definitely that's something to look into if you're going to have a lot of debt coming out of the military and you don't necessarily have a real game plan like me. My game plan was school, but I didn't have a game plan after school. Yeah. So when I started thinking about it, it was damn near too late. Because as a 27-year-old grown woman, I couldn't work an internship for free. I got bills. Right. I got a job that paid me. 
And right. so an internship wasn't necessarily an option. And not all internships are always paid. And the good ones definitely ain't paid. Nine times out of 10, that's yeah. going to get you into a good spot. I mean, it's liable you'll get hired, but I say like, I can't work for free at this point. Mm-hmm. And paid internships are few, far and few in between. It, it depends on where you are. But I would say definitely add that to the checklist of things um, if you're looking at getting out. I tell people all the time, like, it's so much better. Like, yeah, you have some bad apples at some bases or some bases just suck. Don't make your decision to get out of the military. If you ain't got to, if you know, don't make it off of one assignment. Like, mm-hmm. go somewhere else and see it. Like, you know, you have some different leadership. Not all squadrons are created equal. Not all supervisors are created equal. So go somewhere else. you probably be treated so much better. I had bad supervisors. I had good supervisors. But um, getting out just because I don't like Billy Bob, that's not a reason. Because, like, well, what's your game plan? You don't have a game plan. I'm going to go to school. Like, okay, well, what about when you get out of school? School is not the thing anymore. Right. Trade yeah, that was my thing when I was thinking about getting out the military. I was like, you know, I'm going to do 10 years because, you know, they say that's 10, 10 is the make or break. And I was like, I'm going to hit 10 and I'm breaking. And my game plan was initially it was I'm going back home and I'm going to go to school. Then I was married. So I'm like, well, shit, I got him to take care of the bills. So I'm going to go to school. He was like, pause. <laughs> you need a job. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to have money coming in because I had worked off. I had paid off all my debt. So I was mm-hmm. like, the only thing. I'm going to have to pay for it when I get out of the military because I had made a budget to where all my credit card debt was going to be paid off. My car was going to be paid off by the time I got out of the military. So I was like, with me going to school, I'll have money coming in, you know, and I won't have no bills. So, you know, I could pay like maybe some utilities or something like that and you can take care of the mortgage, but I ain't working. And he was like, divorce. <laughs> Even he was like, his on me. <laughs> he was like, "You think you gonna just sit up in this house while I go to work every day?" Ne- negative. And so, so yeah, so I, I understand that whole concept. Like, yeah, I'm gonna get out and go to school, you know, whatever. Should I still be like? It'd be many and plenty of days I'd be like, Ooh. but now I'm just like, you know what? I'm a ride this out until I can retire. You know, mm-hmm. I have my retirement check. I'm going to get me some disability. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully I'll have something, like whatever I do when I get out the military won't be considered work. You know, because a lot of people retire and they be like, they go back and do the same job they was doing in the military. And I'm like, I just don't want to do that. I want to be able to just go on about my day be like, you know, I served my 20 years proudly and now I live my life how I see fit. <laughs> right. And then a lot of people, they don't like to be bored. So, you know, mm-hmm. people that do the 20 or they get out as a chief or a senior, they don't like to be bored. So, yeah, they go get a job. I, um, it was a guy that worked at the NPS. He had done his 20, got out, doing the same exact job. He's a person that was doing the same exact job at the NPS. But he was a civilian on the civilian side. He lived mm-hmm. his best life, drawing his, uh, his his retirement, his disability, and that government check. So yeah, li- living his best life in Hawaii. With now, his, you know, his I family. mean, granted, can people live a great life going back and working for the government, getting them three checks? Yes, they sure can. And then a lot of them but also have other things going on too. Yep. 
though. You be like, man, your ass is rich. <laughs> you know, so um, mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, whatever I do, I can be one of those people considered rich. <laughs> now, see, I, I wanted to get in here at McDill, but I didn't get out here. So I don't know anybody here that was active duty at the time either. Yeah. So, like, if I'd have stayed in Hawaii, I would have been lit because I know the hiring manager for FSS out Yeah, that is great. Oakley would have hooked me up. I didn't know it. But I was like, I ain't trying to be in Hawaii living on the beach because I'm homeless because I ain't get a job. <laughs> in Tent you know? City, girl. <laughs> in Tent City out there, Alabama, begging for change. Like, it was not going to be me because people ask me, why you ain't saying, like, Hawaii cool and all? I can't afford to live out there without the Air Force. Right. We pay, and you don't realize, like, how good you have it made. Like, BAH, like... You get your check and you get money to pay your rent. Like right? that shit come out of my one little check right now. So yeah, like, mm, yeah, this ain't gonna cut it. So, mm -hmm. um, like yeah, I make the same money, but I ain't getting that extra. I, I ain't getting that extra grocery money, that BAS. You know, and it was like no cold, like oh, right. Man, it's like re life come at you fast. Uh -huh. and so it was definitely something you know, to consider and something to take in. A lot of people don't. Like, I had my TSP. I paid off. Um, I started paying off my credit cards before I got out. But after I got to Florida and I was in school and I was making money, I got my own apartment. Well, I furnished it. School got out in December. You don't get paid while you ain't in school. Right. You got paid for like seven, seven days in December. And, mm -hmm. and my school is a private school, so we didn't go back to the last week of January. So you got paid about seven days in January. Yeah. Ain't no, ain't, that was about $2,000 I lost. Yeah. So it was like, ain't no, it ain't coming back in February. That's $2,000 I lost. Yeah. So if I didn't have $2,000 saved up, I'm SOL when school ain't in. Yeah. So spring break is different. But when school is out, out. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why I had to take classes through the summer. And nobody told me this. So if I'd have known that, I could have waited and moved into my apartment in January when school yeah. was back in. I done moved into this apartment and I got bills now and that money that I was pocketing yeah. <laughs> is going for these bills. Mm -hmm. So it's just like definitely having a good game plan put together and having, I say, multiple job opportunities. Just because you know such and such, they work over it. So like, have you off a little when you get out? Like, <laughs> so <you're laughs> off a little laugh. I got my game plan. I start work on the first. I get out on the twenty ninth. My job start the first. Like so, yeah. Um, that type of stuff definitely makes a difference. If you ain't gonna work, definitely start building your your business. Whether it's a, a t shirt hustle, like whatever it is, do it. Do it right. Take some classes. Get some coaches. Um, there's all kind of veteran entrepreneurship programs, and I did the program at UT. I did the program here with the community college. They had a veteran program entrepreneurship program I did that um they asked me to come back and speak and then they got different um other like just regular entrepreneurship groups they have um Syracuse has an entrepreneurship program I think Florida State has one the state of Florida has a program um that they do too and so I did that and so it was just like all these different programs and they teach you how to write a business plan how to evaluate your business and, you know, all the stuff you see on Shark Tank, I was really living that with my little product business and having yeah. to come up with these fake numbers and knowing what my valuation is based off, of, you know, X, Y, Z. And so now I'm trying to get into 
more of the business coaching and guiding people of how to start your business because it's it's a lot of people out here that do it but i was like i know a lot of people personally that could benefit um you know so it's like i want to tap into that i want to be able to help those you necessarily got to pay me but i was like i want to be able to help you and provide you the right information because not all information is good information it might work in maryland but what work in maryland not gonna work in florida what work in florida may not work in georgia you know so it's it's different rules and, and different things um, and that's just having an understanding and people don't always know where to look for those answers or how yeah. to get those answers. So I want to, you know, be a voice of reason. And then also with, with aesthetics and the skincare, um, now I'm getting into more of education because as black people, we don't, we weren't taught how to properly take care of our skin. We weren't told to wear sunscreen. We weren't yeah. told, you know, um, we need to be exfoliating twice a week and uh, mm. we need to, you need to have you can't just use dove like take more than soap like yeah, <laughs> yeah. take care of your skin so it's just like going back and, and educating on all these different things and really like using my story to help you know tell people and understand people always compliment me on my skin I'm like babe it's clear now but it was a struggle yeah I hate Facebook memories I hate them <laughs> Looking like a star crunch underneath all that makeup, it's just bump just everywhere. Or you can see the scars through the makeup, and it's just like I'm just so happy I'm in a better place. And I still got some scars because I still get breakouts every once in a while. But it's just like, and everybody, I was like, yeah, it's not perfect, but you know, loving yourself and understanding and being comfortable in your skin is like one of the hardest things to teach. And it's just it comes yeah. with time. And you can't always cover it up. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was trying to cover up all my ugliness. And that's like, you couldn't, I couldn't cover it. I had to embrace it. So when I started working in my job, I work at a warehouse with over 300 people. And so the corporate office is the warehouse. The warehouse is mostly young black men. Mm-hmm. And so they always compliment me or they trying to come take me. I ain't got time. Y'all don't make enough money to fool with him, first of all. So <laughs> it was just like, I quit coming into work cute. So I stopped asking the question. I'm lying. Yeah, I got a man. Yep, he at home. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't like lying. So it was like, yeah. I just stopped coming to work cute. And it's like, y'all just going to get this body because that's all I got to give. The cute face, y'all catch, if y'all catch me in the streets, you get to see what I really look like. But it worked. I was going to work a hot mess. And that, that really helped me to become more comfortable in my skin because I literally would keep my makeup bag in the car because yeah. if happy hour was on after work, oh, we was going to be big going to happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot of takeaways I feel like I have from just what I've been through. And at the time, it sucked like hell, but um, I made it through. I feel like I have a success story. I have, you know, 2020 hasn't been, it's been bad for a lot of people, but it's been really great for me. And I, I'm like, you know, it's still early. We still got three months to go. But uh, <laughs> 2020 is undefeated. So far this year, but I've had a lot of great things happen business wise in my personal life. So it's just like, and it, it comes from, you know, the, the things that I've been doing, the steps I'm taking. And it's like, I want to be able to show people the same thing. So when I see that you had the thing, I was like, Coco, I want to be on her show. And you was like, what you want to talk about? It don't matter. <laughs> it got no matter. <laughs> I want to be on that. <laughs> But yeah, I like I I tell anybody like this 2020 like globally has not been the best year, but for me it's been a really good year. Like I was able mm-hmm. to launch my podcast, I was able to finish school finally. Um, you know, yeah, it sucked. I didn't get to do any traveling for real this year, but 
um, I got the opportunity. Like I said, I just got a chance to take care of some personal things or, you know, some personal goals that I wanted to accomplish. So it's been a really good year for me. And I can only hope that it'll get better. But I definitely think people hearing your story about, you know, getting out of the military, the transition and, you know, you starting your business now, I think is good for people to hear because especially for us in the military, because a lot of us have this notion like, oh, the military is some bullshit. I don't want to deal with this. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get out, blah, 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 blah. But then you just don't think about what all you got to encounter to get to a good place to be in a good financial sound place once you get out. And especially if you don't have a real game plan, you know? Right. And I had about three, let's see, we started the midboard process. I think it was August, September of 2012. And I got confirmation in March that I was getting out and I was out in June. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a lot of time to prepare. Yeah. You know, and so you already got life planned, you know, and so it was just like, well, damn, because I was supposed to PCS, I think, in January or February of that year. Yeah. Of 2013 when I got out. So that, so it was like, you think in August, September, I'm going to be PCS. And then, no, your world is rocked. Like, you getting out. <laughs> yeah. And so, and that changes a lot of things. So then I got, okay, how much? I had took out money out my TSP and paid off all my credit cards. I'm like, damn, if I'd have known I was getting out, I'd have left that. You know, mm-hmm. like I'd have been straight when I got out, but yeah. I'm thinking the Air Force is, the, you know, this it, like this forever. Yeah. Little did I, and it didn't matter how great of an airman it was, how many awards I have, how many debts, like it did not matter. That didn't matter to the, the, the people that, that it meant something to, like if you can't deploy, oh, you got to go. Right. Yeah, so, so like with I say, COVID, don't get comfortable because that's exactly what I was comfortable. Yeah, no, girl, I be knowing. I be like, ooh, girl, you got to get your life together. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I, I just know it's fickle. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You could be that flavor of the month this month or, you know, you could be hot yep. shit at this base and go to your next base and be trash. Trash, you know yep. What I'm so, um... And that's happened to me before. And I, t- I try and tell all my airmen, like, especially when they're going through hard stuff, like, you know, this is only a season. You'll get past it. Don't base your decision on being in the military because of this assignment. You know what I'm saying? Like, go to your mm-hmm. next assignment and go with a brand new outlook. Like, yeah, it sucked. But at the same time, like, you, you have the opportunity to rebuild yourself. You yep. know, become a better airman. Like, take your experience from this base and just be like, okay, this is what I'm not going to do. And then if it just come out, like you get the same result, like did you really make the changes or Mm -hmm. maybe you just got some trash, Ashley, trash, Ashley, leadership, little trash ass leadership. leadership. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's just one of those things like life happens. You can't plan for everything, but at least try and plan for the basic things. Like my dad used to always, and he still tell me like, make sure you always got three months worth of pay saved up, you know? And it'd be, mm-hmm. when you think about it, you'd be like, what the hell three months of pay going to do? But it'll hold you over just yeah. a tag, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, just some final words. You got any final words you want to say? I say don't be don't be scared um, for me, like the transition, because it wasn't what I was expecting. I was definitely scared. 
But once I got over that and I really like realized like I have to embrace it, I have to make the best of this because this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no going back. There's no changing it. The Air Force not going to call me and say, hey, come back because I'm broke. I'm, I'm really broke. <laughs> I'm really jacked up now. But if they call, I come. But um, there's no going back, you know, once you get to this point. So it was like when the doctor told me, he was like, look, it's probably not going to go in your favor. You're going to want it with less benefits. Like, I can write this to make it sound real good. Like, All right, we'll do your thing. <laughs> so, um, but I, I've tried to. Even in in my, say, post-bankruptcy life, I haven't went back out and got a bunch of credit cards. I haven't done that. I have, like, two, and I want to keep it that way. I just got a Home Depot card, so that makes three, because I got a house now. So it's like, I need a lawnmower. I need something. I have that credit available to me, and I'm not trying to get credit when I'm full, and that's what was happening before, is I wasn't able to do anything because I was maxed out. You know, my debt-to-income ratio was real low, and so I'm getting back to the place where I want to be financially but I have money saved up so if I want to go do something when I wanted to fix the house like the house is decorated I didn't have to you know so I didn't have to wait I don't have to plan I ain't living paycheck to paycheck no more like the last thing I want to do is go back to being broke and so that's what I think about every day and that's why I grind as hard as I do I check my numbers at the shop all the time like okay how many appointments we got this week? Okay, I need to get out here. I need to push these ads. I need to do this. I need to start following up with these people and just making sure that there's a constant flow of money. And the goal now is, oh, we're going to do outdo what we did last month. So every month I'm outdoing myself more yeah. and more. And so I'm just trying to instill that into my employees. It's like never settle or be comfortable. You have to be able, and because and, I, I got into that comfortable place. I got into the comfortable place even with my job. And so it's just like, I can't focus on doing both things 100% anymore. And I don't have any quality of life. I literally work seven days a week. Yeah. Because when you said you was working today, I'm like, ooh, girl, Sunday? And then I was like, oh, okay, well, you free tomorrow? You was like, nah, I'm working tomorrow. Oh, girl. Ooh. Mm. (laughs) I don't know, but uh uh-uh. Yeah. So, and that's why I told him, I was like, I love y'all. I guess y'all in a better place. Y'all a lot further along than you were when I started here three years ago. But I got to go. I have other things and other goals I want to accomplish. I, I want to take a trip. They say, let's go. I can pick up and go. I, I was scared to y'all with some of my employees. I'm out. Like, you know, I want to be able to do those things. You know, when COVID over with and I can go outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like right now, like even when I got out, like traveling and all that stuff, it wasn't super cool like how it is now. Mm. Nobody was retiring at 25 and living their best life. And it wasn't no real big influencers in 2013 like that. Yeah. So it's like, that's always something we look up to. And like, I want to be a skin influencer. Like, I want to, you know, talk about, when I talk people, listen, when we talk about skin or I'm talking about skincare business, like that's what we, you know, not saying that I'm an expert on everything, but I'm just taking from my experience to keep you like what not to do or what you can do to be good or be better than, than what I am. Right. So I definitely say, you know, always be open um to I won't say criticism but uh learning always be open to learning because your your one game plan isn't always guaranteed so you got to have a b c and d facts facts <laughs> that, that's my five words <laughs> a b c and d well you want to go ahead and let them know where they can follow you at on social media so like my personal page <laughs> <laughs> Where I ask a fool at 97% of the time is um, pretty B word, pretty B underscore word. And then um, my business page, my professional page, uh, my company is called Privileged Faces um, and Privileged Faces Skincare. But on Instagram, it's privileged underscore faces. 
And then um, we're also on Facebook. It's just Privileged Faces Skincare. Super easy to find. Um, I talk about, I post a lot about skincare, skincare tips. Um, right now, the biggest thing is winterizing your skin, getting ready for um, this fall to winter transition and adding more moisture and exfoliating. So I can't tell people enough to exfoliate, exfoliate, exfoliate. That's it. All right. Well, I'm so happy you were able to come on and I'm super happy for the growth that you've had over the few the past few years and, you know, excited about your business. If I'm ever in the Tampa area, I will Hello. definitely be coming to get me a <laughs> massage and a facial because I live for those type of experiences, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if y'all in the Tampa area, check her out. Privileged Faces. Um, and as I mentioned before, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I got my I'm Black 25 8 t-shirts, and I now have them in black on the website, so you can get it in white or black. And I ain't even gonna lie, the black shirt hit way different than the white shirt. So, <laughs> but go ahead, get that at kikianwithcocopodcast.com, and then... If you guys have any questions that you would like answers to on the show, you can always email me at kikianwithcocopie at gmail.com. But my website basically gives you all type of access to me. You can email, buy, find out about me. And then, of course, my IG page, which is where I'm most active at, is kikianwithcoco. So, again, thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time. Bye.